Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. You and I have the ability and the dignity and the right to make our own decisions and determine our own destiny. No fear. No political correctness. Exposing the tyranny of the minority. You're listening to Underground USA with your hosts, Frank Salvato and Andy Limbaugh. Rendezvous with Destiny. Welcome once again to Underground USA. You can find all the things we do over at undergroundusa.com, and we do a lot of stuff over there. Uh, my name is Frank Salvato. I'm your co-host, and I'm here with Andy Limbaugh, who's got a brand-new setup uh, from the Rebelled Studios in the Midwestern United States. That's right, Frank. I actually have a, an actual tin can with an actual string <laughs> attached to it. How am I um, coming through? Yeah, see, this is, you're, you must be using the A-grade string because it's your deep, mellow tones are coming across. It's almost NPR-like. Um, before, we get, before we get into uh, into what we wanted to start with, I, I wanted to, I saved this for you for on the air. Uh, today, UndergroundUSA.com's newsletter got deplatformed by MailerLite, which I believe is a derivative of MailChimp. So today we spent uh, the most of the day getting a different email carrier and constructing all of the palettes and templates. So we have obviously hit a nerve with what we're doing, Andy. And the cancel culture has decided that, uh, that we are persona non grata. So this is a badge of honor. I, I wear I'm that like, as a badge of honor. I'm, I'm going to hoist my uh, glass of uh, a red blend right now to that. That's wow. I yeah, did not know this until like, right now. So you, you, you kept a secret. Yeah, I was I I was ticked at first because it, it was going to be a whole afternoon of 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 making sure that all the templates were the same. But then I'm like, damn, that's not bad. Pretty cool. I'm waiting for the website to get taken down now. No, right. Just sit back and relish in it and have a have a shot of a nice single malt and a cigar. Yeah, say, well, yeah we're I, making progress. I, my work here today is done. 
just sit back. Um, and I, I want to uh, invite Andy back. We've been we took some time off um, out of respect uh, for the loss that your that your family felt. Um, you know, we we talked several times during that during that time, and um, I can I I can't understand it because I've never been through it, but I have to imagine that the uh, the enormity of of the event of Russia's passing had to be something that changed the way you look at everything. If it'll help you help make you feel better, I haven't ever gone through it either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and first of all, thank you for the, for the, uh, all, all the support you, you'd given me and, and my family, et cetera, through the past couple of weeks. And, and I, uh, I, I appreciate all of our listeners for, their support, um, even though you weren't able to give it personally, I, I know of it. I, I, it's just the feeling and, and I've never had that feeling before. And so I just want to say thank you to everyone out there. It means more than you could possibly imagine. And Frank, to your point again, it's been quite surreal in a, in a wonderful and very humbling way. Yeah, it's a when when the news came off. At least for me, you know, I've been he's been one of my staples since I started this whole thing back in in the late '90s. Um, you know, I it left a hole. It was it was one of those things where I think people who who understood the truth that he was saying and and the, how he had the pulse on what was happening with the people who valued him for that. It's one of those events that you're going to remember where you were when you heard it. Yes, uh, exactly. And the the information that I've been getting or. or the the what I've been witnessing in watching TV and, and listening to radio and listening to podcasts and having conversations with friends and family and um, you know on social media things like that everybody has a unique story and that's what's so nice about the whole thing Rush was able to touch the people that he did. In a, in, in a very unique and, and a personal way. And everybody has that own personal, uh, had, and still, that personal connection with Russia's communication and the things that he communicated. And that, that was his gift. It, it really was. Well, there's, there is a void. You know, there is a void. There's, there's no way to go about that. And I don't believe that anybody, you know, that. There were there were talks about who would who would, would quote unquote take his place, who's going to be the the new Russia. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think his unique perspective, uh, his his positive attitude, even in the face of adversity, uh, and the way that he was able to explain things uh, to his listeners uh, was unique to him and every. Nobody is going to be able to fill that void. We're just going to have to learn to live without it. Yeah, and and to the point that you alluded to, that um, the way he communicated, uh, it, it made people feel like they they truly lost a, a friend or, or a family member. 
mm-hmm. because they were so used to him being a part of their day for 30 plus years. And I will miss him for that just as much as everybody else. I will also miss him though, because he was my cousin. I mean, you know, first cousin, his dad and my dad were brothers and, and just, you know, if you want to, I I can get into a couple of really just nice kind of fun memories that I have. Um, I think that would be awesome that, that others would have no idea because you know what 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 most of the listeners and, and folks out there know of Rush is is what they've heard and seen and, and this that, and the other since he's been on the on the air. Um, are you okay with that? Just for a couple Ab- absolutely, I think as a matter of fact, I think everybody listening would like to hear it. Okay, well, good, and 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 honestly, it kind of helps me. So um, hmm. if 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 our listeners would indulge me for a few minutes, um, I'll just throw out a couple of, uh, of, you know, just some, just some fun memories that I have. Um, probably the one that, that comes to mind the most is, gosh, he was in Pittsburgh and I'm going to say this was mid seventies. No, 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 no. It would have been, um, uh, probably late seventies. So I am, 10 years younger than him. So I'm, I'm thinking I would have been maybe seventh grade, sixth grade, something like that. And I always wanted to be a quarterback. And, and, you know, I ended up, you know, going through high school, I was a quarterback and, and uh, played a couple years of college football and had a cup of coffee, you know, playing a major college level at the university of Missouri. And, and, and that was all great. But when Rush moved away from Cape Girardeau and got his first real, radio gig at a station in Pittsburgh and he was known as his, his radio name was Russ, um, uh, Jeff Christie. Jeff and, Christie. Yeah. Jeff Christie. <laughs> he, when he was in Cape Girardeau starting out, he's 16 years old and, and, and was given like a, a pass from high school to go and be on the radio for a couple hours in the afternoons. And his name was Rusty Sharp because his Rusty name to us Sharp. was Rusty. We, we all knew him as Rusty. And not Rush. Um, and, and Rush, by the way, is uh, our grandfather was Rush, and his name was given to him by his aunt, uh, his aunt's maiden name, who was Rush. So our grandfather was Rush, who lived to be 104 years old. And, uh, and then Rush on the radio's dad was my uncle Rush, Rush Jr., and then Rush on the radio was Rush III. But we always knew him as Rusty. So anyway, um, uh, to get back to my memory. So anyway, he was, he was back in town Thanksgiving, Christmas from Pittsburgh. And it was during the time of the dynasty, the first dynasty of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Chuck Knoll was the coach mm-hmm. and Terry Bradshaw and Franco Harris, Franco and- Harris, mean Joe green and, you know, Lynn Swan. And, and, and it was just amazing. Um, so, so rush comes, comes home and we all, uh, would go over to my uncle Russian aunt Millie's for, for, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas. So I, I believe this was Christmas actually. And he goes, Andy, come, come take a look at this. And just all proud and everything. And, and he goes, take a look at these. He had befriended the equipment manager for the Steelers. 
and the equipment manager made him and gave him a home and away version of the uh, the Steelers jerseys with the number 12 as Bradshaw's numbers on it. And I was like, oh, I mean, this was <laughs> this was the best thing that could ever happen. I mean, this was, you know, the, that, you know, the angels going, Wah! and <laughs> yeah. And, mm-hmm. and you could just, I mean, he was just smiling because he knew how much I just, how cool I thought it was. And, and therefore how cool I thought he was because he had them. And, and this is back then, of course, when, I mean, much less being able to touch an actual pro NFL Jersey. Right. Right. You know, you sure as heck couldn't buy them then and get your own nameplate sewn on the back and all this kind of stuff, which you can do now. I mean, this was, these were one-offs and, and that was the coolest thing with me. So then I, you know, and I brought a football, of course, and it's like, all right, we got to go out and play catch. So we go out, you know, and, and be playing catch in the front yard and stuff until, you know, lunch, dinner and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and, and then, you know, we go inside and, and football games were on, of course. And, uh, and, and my dad and my, my other uncle and, and his family and all of our families and grandparents and stuff were there. And everybody would be finishing eating, eating Thanksgiving dinner. And I'm bored. I don't want to stick around listening to all that nonsense talk around the, around the Christmas, you know, Christmas Eve table and Thanksgiving table and all this kind of stuff. And man, my uncle Rush would just hold court and just let her rip, man. And <laughs> bombastic. And, <laughs> and, and that's where Rush got that, that, that oomph, you know, that this is, this is the way it is type of stuff. And then my aunt Millie was just funny as could be. I mean, an absolute hoot. And, and, and so you, you, combine those two and that's that's where rush got his you know his personality his shtick and all this and and that's how we all grew up uh learning about conservatism and then see we we had talked um you know like i said we had talked between his passing and and today and you know you looked at me the or you 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 told me the very first time that we we spoke after he passed and you said you know to me i'm seeing i understand the enormity of what's happening. But to me, he was just cousin rush. Yeah. Yeah. But the, we, we learned, we learned about conservatism. Of course, you know, I was what? 11, 10, whatever. Right, well, you're, you're getting into social studies in seventh and the sixth I, and seventh grade. Right. right. Well, I'm, I'm getting it just because I got to be there. You know, I want to be outside playing. I want to be outside throwing the football or watching the games and stuff. I don't want to be sitting around a table talking, talking politics and, and how Walter Cronkite's a fraud and, and he's, <laughs> you know, he's, he's, uh, he's the only one and people trust him and, 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 uh, you know, he's leading lemmings off the cliff and all this kind of stuff. And, but, but that's how we learned it. And, and so we just kept getting that and getting that and getting that as we were growing up. And, you know, after a while, I was able to, <laughs> to actually put a, a name with what it was that, that I was learning. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, that was the conservatism. 
Yeah, and that's really how it all started for all of us. And and it started too with my with my grandfather and our grandparents, our respective grandparents. But they all th- thought the same way. Grew up on well, farms. I'm, grew up on farms. Cons- the Midwestern conservative values. Yeah, I mean, my grandfather, um, first time he saw a light bulb, he he went to uh, took the train from Southeast Missouri with his mom uh, to the 1904 World's Fair in St. Louis. Saw his first light bulb, yeah. <laughs> and then he he died yeah. at at 104 in 1996 as the as the country's oldest practicing attorney. You know, I I remember I, I talk about you know my dad passed in in the mid 90s. He was born in 1922, and and I often think about you know what I've seen in my life is kind of interesting i grew up looking at the dick tracy cartoons where there was a television on his watch and he could he could talk to somebody like that and now we've got cell phones that allow you to talk to somebody on the other side of the planet um and my tin can with the new string and your tin can with the new string um but what you've what we've seen in our lifetimes what our grandparents and our even our parents have seen the differences in their lifetimes you know, uh, there were there were literally horse-drawn carts bringing milk and ice blocks for refrigerators when my dad was born, and he got to see a space shuttle explode. You know, I the the idea that that we learn things like conservatism from sitting around a table growing up. I mean, everybody had our everybody our age had that experience. Yeah. You know, you, you learned what was going on in the outside world because families sat down at these gatherings and talked. And sometimes there were arguments. Sometimes there, there weren't. You know, there's there's been heated exchange. I'm from an, a, a family full of Italians. You know, every, every Sunday was a shout fest. Um, <laughs> but I can't imagine what it would have been like. You know, in hindsight's always twenty twenty to be sitting at a Thanksgiving table getting into a political conversation with with Rush Limbaugh. Well, you know, so so fast forward. So we, you know, we we were indoctrinated, if you will. I'll, I'll be the first to use that name. We or phrase. We were indoctrinated. Um, you know, growing up, and 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 honestly, it was my uncle Rush's way or the highway. Um, you know, he he held court, man. And and uh, he made his points known. So fast forward to more current Thanksgivings and Christmas, uh, when 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 Rush had become Rush. Uh, you know, he he'd come in. We'd be in Cape Girardeau mostly, and he'd come in, and we'd just stand around and we'd be out, you know, smoke a cigar. You know, having wine, and, and we we do the best not to cheat ourselves. And uh, it, it was it was what had happened was when he moved away, and of course I wasn't old enough. But my older brothers, and and of course Russia's younger brother David, they were all within four years of each other. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of bringing up the the rear, you know, seven years younger than the youngest. So. Um, I didn't really learn all of these things and get to hang with the big kids, you know, until, until I got old enough to hang with the big kids. And so, but what, it, what it really the experience for me is when Rush would come back in more frequently or, you know, more current stuff like that, I was able to 
to have conversations with him and not be the little kid trying to chase the big kids down the street. Right. Play. Right. And, and that to me just made it all kind of worthwhile because I was able to, to have these conversations and as an adult yeah. and be accepted as an adult, although that could be, you got you got to the adult table but i still still play the part of the young one because that way i get spoiled continually still (laughs) so look i'm eddie haskell for sure so you know i i i uh i just sat back and learned but but those are you know that's just those are some of the kind of the the the, you know the the memories and a really quick fun one if 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 we have yeah absolutely so I'm a junior, I'm getting ready to go into my junior year in college at the University of Missouri, which is in Columbia, which is, for our listeners who are not quite sure, it's halfway between St. Louis and Kansas City. And I, I get there, oh, I don't know, about 10 days before actually classes start because sorority rush starts before then. And I was in a frat. And so I, I got there early and got everything all set up. And, you know, you go out to the bars and see all your friends from years before now you're going to be a junior and all this kind of stuff. So you've got a little bit more clout as far as I knew. And, and so uh, at that, this is August of 1981 to give perspective here. So at that time, Rush was working in the front office with the Kansas city Royals baseball team as a kind of a head of special events and, you know, throwing out first pitches and making sure people were in the places that they were supposed to be before the game and this, that, and the other. And so I, I gave him a call and I said, Hey, Rusty. Um, and this is on a landline, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had a pager, but never yeah, knows. Yeah, no, I don't even think we had pagers in, but, um, uh, so I called Rusty and I, I said, Hey, Rusty, it's Andy. Um, you know, in Columbia, getting ready for school to start and stuff. And I got a couple of fraternity brothers of mine and I, and never been to a Royals game. I said, you know, absolutely pay for the tickets and stuff, but would you be able to score us some, you know, some decent seats or something? And, and, uh, you know, would that be cool? And he goes, absolutely. He said, uh, uh, what night you want to come over? And we said, well, you know, how about this night or whatever? He goes, sure. No problem. And he said, meet me. Uh, at the stadium, this back door, it's located wherever at this time and just knock on the door or, I'll, you know, I'll be out there waiting for you. I said, wow, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. So, uh, we get into, uh, basically the equivalent of the, the car and animal house where they go do all the destruction <laughs> and stuff. Wait till Otis sees us. Yeah. We're D days driving the, the, uh the hot rod down the thing and it's wobbling back and forth. Anyway, so we hop in, <laughs> me and uh, my fret buddies uh, drive over to Kansas City and we get there whenever he says and we, we get to the entrance to the stadium and he's standing out there waiting for us and uh, he's got a handful of baseballs. So we get out, we walk over to him, there's like five of us and uh, Andy, good to see you, all this kind of stuff. Rusty, hey, thank you so much for doing this and he goes, here, have a ball. You know, like have a have a great time and a baseball. <laughs> yeah. So he just yeah. tossed a baseball to each of us. And it was just that, you know, that's his humor right there. It's like that, you know, here, you know, you're here to have a ball. So do it. 
So we go in and shows us around a little bit and then gets us to our seats. And for sports fans out there, older sports fans, uh, so it's, I don't know, it's like on a Tuesday night or something, middle of the week, and it's August, and I don't think the Royals, I don't know whether the Royals were entered or not, but, you know, George Brett yeah. is on that team, yeah. um, you know, and he's lighting everything on fire, of course, as he always did. So anyway, they're playing Toronto Blue Jays, and we've our seats are like a second deck, you know, pretty much behind home plate. And the starting third baseman for... Toronto Blue Jays was a guy by the name of Danny Ainge. Danny and Ainge. Sports fans out there, Danny Ainge ended up being the starting guard for the Celtics basketball teams. Right. Winning all the championships and stuff. Then he went on to be the player coach and coach and all this kind of stuff. But he was an All-American baseball player at BYU as well as an All-American basketball player at BYU. I did not know that. He was basically the first true modern-era dual-sport professional athlete. Yeah. Then, then you had Bo Jackson after that and, and all that. But, you know, Ainge didn't really tear it up in pro baseball, you know, and after a couple of years. But, I mean, he's, he's – well, He made the majors. Starting third baseman. Yeah. And he had more than a cup of coffee. I mean, he's their starting third baseman. So I, I got a chance to, to see Danny Ainge play third base, start at third base. That so is... just just things like that that, yeah. that you remember. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, again, uh, you know, my condolences. I, I, the enormity of this, I, I off through the week that we were that we were off. I, I kept wondering the enormity of it. Does it allow you and your immediate family, with, with so many people wanting to be able to touch the moment, did it allow your family to have the closure that it needed? I can only answer that for myself, and no, I'm not there yet. Yeah. Because it's it's just it, it's it's so massive in the amount of the outpouring. Because when he first started big, he was worried about us how how we were going to be able to handle it. Because he wasn't sure how he was going to handle it, but he was doing it every day. We weren't. Right. Right. But but after a while, we got used to it, and and you know then it was just back to normal. But when he, when he, you know, it's two weeks ago, uh, uh, I guess today as of this taping, um, um, you know, and then we laid him to rest a week ago today. Um, it's so surreal, kind of a full circle surreal that what we were experiencing then we had no concept, no way of knowing what and how we were going to feel right now. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's, it's a little difficult. I mean, it's in, not in a bad way. It's, it's just a little difficult to get my arms around as to the magnitude of the number of people and how he touched them. Yeah. Everybody's got, just like you said earlier, everybody's got a, a, a personal story about, Something he said, something he did, something he stood for that, uh, that, and, th- and this is even for people on, on the other side, there's a, there's something, they've got a story. They've got a Rush Limbaugh story. Sure. 
You know, yeah. even even Rob Reiner, that, that reprobate jackass, has a Rob <laughs> Reiner story. You know, Joy Joy Behar, who is a, you know, I don't I don't know what she identifies as this week. Maybe a jackass. Uh, she had got a Rush Limbaugh story. So I mean, whether you listen to him every day because you gleaned information from him and a, and a perspective about how to how to actually rearrange politics in your life or whether he was just the antichrist to you you know yeah everybody had a rush limbaugh story yeah. and that storybook closed yeah yeah it, it, it did um and it, it's you know they're they're keeping a show on you know he's got 30 plus years of content that's been yeah. recorded <laughs> Yeah. And so they're they're doing a, a rotation of of three of the of the the most used guest hosts, and so the producers, you know, now on a daily basis, they're pulling, you know, information from, you know, his past shows. So you're still hearing him, and it's just it's it's really cool. But at the same time, knowing and it's just not him behind the mic. It's, but the message is still the same and it hasn't changed. It, it never, the, his message, the, the underlying content or, or the, the, the underlying, um, well, the principle, the principles, the, 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 the principles he's espousing are evergreen. Well, right. That, there you go. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is absolutely correct. His, his, the, the, reasons of his messaging never changed reasons yeah. supporting his messaging never changed and still haven't changed you know when it you, is that the conservatism is still conservatism when you when you're looking at his message whether it be on free speech whether it be on on the on, on the declaration's pursuit of happiness and 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 the rights afforded there any of the things that that are front and center right now today when you're when you're looking at the headlines, um, the the wasteful tax spending, the, the messages that he had on on how conservatives approach politics, they won't change. So his words remain cogent because he wasn't talking about the cause du jour. It, right. it, it wasn't about Nancy Pelosi yeah. wanting to do this. It was about the principles that were being applied in each of these things in a, in a way it's kind of like the constitution the constitution was written so many years ago but when it's applied to a subject the principles that it that it deals with uh, being applied to an issue are still cogent because it's about principles it's not about a singular issue and i think that's why you know his his episodes are just as important today as they were 10 years ago you know, if, if, and yes, and it, now that I think about it, if, if you perhaps look at his shows as they exist today, you could somewhat say they are encyclopedic mm -hmm. and, and you tap into the areas of the encyclopedia where you need to get knowledge and you take that and you just keep the ball going down the field. And I know that's what he would want. And that's what I think that's what's up to us, you know, to, to carry on the torch. No, you're not going to have another him. I mean, it's, you know, he is who he was, but 
it's up to us to, and then there are people doing that anyway, but it's, it, but it's, it's up to us to keep that moving in the same direction consistently without waiver and, and just execute. It's, it's really yeah. kind of that simple. If the, if there's anything, if there's just one thing that that you can take away from from his career and all of the different messages that that he gave on on a daily basis, for me at least, it's this: it's about the principles, stupid. <laughs> it's it it's not it's not about whether it was it was uh, Chuck Schumer or whether it was the guy from from Nevada who had trouble staying on his treadmill or whether it was about the guy from South Dakota, you know, it's not about whether it was Nancy Pelosi. It's not about it's the names are going to change. The battle remains the same. Right. So it's about the principles. Don't get caught up in the minutia because you dislike Nancy Pelosi right. so much. There's always going to be another AOC. It's about the principles that you that you push back their ideology back. It's bigger than the person. It's about the issue. It's about the principles. And and the one thing he said was defend the principles. If you're defending the Constitution and the Declaration and the Bill of Rights and the Charters of Freedom in total, then you're thinking principles. And and what does all that add up to? It means it means um, supporting the country mm-hmm. as founded mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and that's that's what that's what he just was unable just to to just deal well he dealt with it obviously but but that's what kept that's what kept the fire or the gasoline on his fire it was these it's these people who take advantage of what this country offers and and they just bastardize it into so many different ways for their own personal gain and and it's just it's it's just so wrong in so many ways i mean you could you could point out 13 different ways that the bidens have done that there's one one piece that's going to be coming out as the headline over at at uh at Underground USA tomorrow. Oh, and by the way, everybody, we, we still have a mailing list, and we've expounded into looking at looking at the headlines and and editing out all the fluff. So it's just a who, what, when, where, and how. So check us out for for your headlines every morning. There's there's one where in this COVID bill that Nancy Pelosi put forward. There's if you're a federal employee and your kids aren't in school, you're eligible for twenty one grand. <laughs> They, 21 they just, grand. They just pull numbers out of thin air. They, they don't, you know, they don't care how it, how it matches up or how they can reconcile it. They don't care. They just pull it out, hoping that they can get something passed to get votes. You know, and, and that's, that's what he liked to spotlight and rail about. Um, in, in the, the, there are a few people out there who are still doing that good job. They just uh, they they've got some they've got some wide lanes to try to drive across, um, but if everybody if everybody understands that you get back to principle, there's no reason that we should be giving anybody anything. Let's open up let's open up the country again and let people earn their own living, get the government out of the way. 
look what then, happens then the, when that then the federal then the federal employees won't need twenty one thousand dollars of taxpayer dollars because their kids aren't in school you got you got the government out of the way in florida and texas they're open the economies are, are thriving yep you right. know you know, get out of the way. If government stays out of the way, the people do a pretty good job of using the free market economy to do good things. And and I, how many times did you hear Rush talk about the free market economy and capitalism? Well, you know, that's that's how you use, you know, industrial tin cans with with string and things like that. And that's 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 where you get the technology as it is now. So the people that are listening to us right now, the clarity Know, of, of our communication and it's coming through to them a tin can and a string who knew just a, that's capitalism man that's 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 technology just because you're using elon musk's string doesn't mean you have to brag about it well you know darpa is going to come knocking on our door here and going to steal this from us so well it's a let him let him try to find where i'm at and uh, you know i, I, well, I don't fine. even thanks to yourself fine thanks i appreciate hey it. you could come down to the compound we just got to get it built first well, I, I, okay. <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna leave it at that for for this segment, and and I want to explain a little bit about how how our shows are are going uh, going to be displayed a little bit before we sign off. You know, podcasts are different animals. Most people listen to podcasts, and 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 they allow them to go from one podcast to another. So instead of trying to pretend that they're they're just these finite once a week things that we're dropping in and well, wait till next week. We're not going to do it like that anymore. We're going to be dropping in shorter spots throughout the week. So these bigger spots, these bigger show, the big show that we're when we talk about it behind the scenes, we call it the big show. Um, uh, They will come once a week, but there's going to be more content, shorter content that comes as the week goes on so we never we're not signing off ever again we're just saying until the next segment you know so it's uh for for andy and i and and i'm glad you're back andy i was talking to you last week and then the week before but i fully understand um uh for andy and i um this is it for this segment and uh just uh we'll be right back after after this know that Yopon is the only tea plant indigenous to the United States? Hi, I'm CJ, the owner of Emerald Coast Tea Company. We have a line of Yopon teas and Yopon tea blends that will open your eyes to tea that is literally made in the USA. Check out our entire line of teas at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, This ain't your mama's tea. 